Today's episode features some reselling news of what sold on eBay recap and a look back at my cross-listing project. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips. If you're new to the channel, welcome to the show. My name is Ryan, and I am a full-time reseller, part-time YouTuber and podcaster working out of my home here in the Batcave. And this channel is all about the flip life. Like I said in the intro, today we've got some reselling news, actually quite a bit of it. Uh, we'll have a weekly update that will include a look at what's going on with the cross-listing project that I started last week. But first... Let's jump right in to what sold on eBay. I think it's everybody's favorite part, so let's just get right into it. This first item, I've had this for a while. They're not super fast sellers, but I do reasonably well with them. Uh, old church directories and histories. This was from the St. George Catholic Church. It's records from 1868 to 1957 from a city in Illinois. It was published in 1984. I picked this up at an estate sale in a big lot of books and magazines. My cost on it is probably a quarter or something like that. It sold for $19.99 plus customer paid shipping. Um, these old, any of the old kind of church, I've talked about them in the past, the, the like the church recipe books and these, these guides and yearbooks and all of that stuff. Again, they're not super fast sellers, but you can usually get them super cheap and they don't bring bad money. This next item, uh, the first CD of the week. Um, I started listing some some more of that big lot last week, and it seemed to have sparked some interest in some of the older items. This first one is a new and sealed CD from 1995, a Canadian import of Crowbar's Bad Manners. Uh, this was new and sealed. Again, it was something out of that big lot, so I own it for about three and a half cents, and it sold for $27.99 with free shipping. This next item, if you're following me on Instagram, shameless plug at Galaxy CDs Rocks, you saw this late last week. This went at auction. It's an old video game for the Sega Dreamcast uh, from 2000 called Carrier. Uh, I listed this at auction. It's in a little bit rough condition. I listed it as acceptable, noted that there are visible surface marks on the disc itself. I do not have a resurfacer. I've talked about that on this channel before. I just generally don't have enough stuff in bad enough shape to justify that expense just yet. If you are using one, uh, let us know in the comments how you like that. But uh, I noted that this was in pretty rough condition. I started it, I think, at like $7.99 or $9.99 at an auction, and it got 21 bids, went all the way to $43 with free shipping. So a nice little flip. This was an item that was actually stuck in that big CD lot. I think the guy probably thought it was a CD because it was in a standard jewel case. So my cost of goods sold is again, three and a half cents. Another CD and another one that was featured on Instagram last week, uh, squirrel bait, skag heaven. <laughs> uh, this is a really hard to find rare CD on drag city records from 1997. Probably not one you're likely to stumble on in the wild, but if you do pick it up, uh, this was part of that big lot, so it wasn't something I found on its own. So real low cost of goods sold went for 
$19.99 with free shipping. So that's a real nice flip. All right, this next item is something I've probably talked to to the point of distraction on this podcast and in these videos, but these old model railroad magazines continue to do very, very well. I had one buyer that purchased two years worth of the model craftsman magazine from the 1940s volume 10 which was 1941 and 42 and volume 12 which was 1943 and 44 paid 25 dollars each for these so 50 total plus shipping so nice little flip i'm into these magazines for about eight cents an issue so less than a dollar per year uh, and sold these two for a total of 50 bucks Another item that I think I put on Instagram last week. I was all over the Instagram. (laughs) Uh, Dark Souls. This is based on a video game. This was a book, uh, Beyond the Grave, Volume 1. It was a hardcover from 2017. It was in really, really great shape. Uh, This was at a garage sale a couple of weekends ago. There was a random pile of books on the floor, and I saw this peeking out from beneath some other books, and I knew immediately it was going to be a really nice score. It was in great shape. Comps on it were right in line with this, anywhere from $44 to about $55. I listed mine at $54.99 or best offer, got an offer of $50 with free shipping, which I went ahead and took because I bought it for a dollar. <laughs> uh, don't... I. Obviously, if you've been watching this channel for a long time, you know I'm all about the books. Don't snooze on the books. Take a look while you're out. There are liable to be some things out there that are worth some pretty decent money. And speaking of that, now your flip of the week. I'm pretty sure this one was also on Instagram last week. Uh, This was a pickup from an estate sale. I own this also for a dollar. Rigging Small Boats was by a guy named Ken Hankinson. It was from Glen Marine Designs in 1976. Vintage sailboat book. I listed it for $84.99 with free shipping and got a full price offer on it. I own it for a dollar. That works out to a pretty good flip of the week. We will definitely take that. So let's talk a little bit about how those things contributed to what my week looked like. It was actually a really busy week for me in multiple ways. Uh, If you've been playing along at home, you know I also work part-time as a dealer trade driver for a car dealership that I used to work at. And they asked me to drive to St. Louis and back to pick up a car last week. So I essentially lost an entire day uh, with that 12-plus hour round trip to St. Louis to pick up a car. So that kind of set things back for the week a little bit. Also, I spent a couple hours tied up in a line getting my first COVID-19 vaccine. I got the Moderna vaccine, had the the sore arm package for a couple of days, but otherwise no, no problems with that. But it did chew up the better part of an afternoon while I was waiting in line at the local county fairgrounds. So listings for the week, not quite what you would hope for. Better than the week before, but not by a large margin. I did 57 listings to eBay last week, which at the time the week ended, left me with 6,420 listings on eBay. I also cross-posted 524 items to Mercari, which got my listing total over on Mercari up to 1,019. 
I continue to move items over as I list new items. I am listing them through List Perfectly on both platforms. Um, list Perfectly, as I mentioned in last week's episode, by and large has worked really, really well. There is no way on God's green earth that I could begin to cross list this many existing listings from one platform to another without the use of some kind of software. And List Perfectly has been incredibly helpful from that standpoint. I know I'm barely scratching the surface of what that software can do for my purposes. Essentially, all I needed it to do was to be able to make this platform to platform transfer. I continue to have that nagging little problem where maybe 1% of my listings when I go to pull them, don't pull the photographs or don't pull the title or the description. They're missing something and I have to go and redo those. But overall, I'm very, very pleased with how List Perfectly is working for what I'm doing. That being said, there is an affiliate link in the show notes and the description below. If you're inclined to check it out further, please use that link. If you decide to sign up, use the promo code. Mine is 634 and you'll get 30% off your first month. This is not sponsored, but that is an affiliate link. I will get a little bit of a kickback from List Perfectly if you end up signing up. So all in all, I'm very, very pleased with how that piece is working. The flip side, however, Mercari may not be a great fit for my particular line of products. Now, just to be clear, I decided to start listing with my most expensive items and work my way back towards the cheapest. So of these thousand plus items that are now on Mercari, probably 900 of them came through this cross-listing process with List Perfectly, and they are the 900 most expensive items in my catalog, which may also be holding me back a little bit. To this point, however, I've only done less than $200 worth of sales on Mercari on about a 1,000 listings. So I'm not, again, I, I mentioned this last week, I was not particularly knocked out by how that kind of jump-started that continues to be the case. It's slow roll. I'm getting some views. I'm getting some likes, but I'm not really getting a lot of sales just yet. And we'll get into that in a minute. It may be a function of Mercari's user base and my catalog. As I go through and list more of these lower priced items, I'm now to the point where I'm starting to list the stuff that's $20 and under. We'll see if we start to pick up a little more traction. But to this point, I'm not particularly blown away with the response on Mercari to my listings. Continuing on, let's talk about sales for last week. Uh, it was actually a pretty good week, a variety, again, of sources that contributed to a week that ended up being $1,554.41. Uh, Bonanza on the board once again for $33.78. The continued slow pace at the Westchester Antique Center for $38.83. I did receive a contribution for the podcast and the YouTube channel of $50. So thank you very much for that. Uh, $90 total on Mercari and eBay kind of back to where it normally would be $13.41.80. The week, as some of them have been recently, was very, very busy Sunday through Tuesday and then really tapered off towards the end of the week. It felt like it was really, really slow. I don't know what your week looked like. Uh, all in all, 
it came out okay, but it was really, really heavy in the front of the week and really, really light in the back. Cost of goods sold last week was extraordinarily low, $37.11, which left me with a gross profit percentage of 97.61%, which is just (laughs) ridiculous, Uh, $1,517.30. Operating expenses for the week totaled $5.96.92, Almost all of it were fees, Mercari and eBay fees, $258.99, and shipping expenses of $309.51. I did order some ink and something else. I spent like $27 in supplies. So pretty pretty fair week that way. That gave me a net profit percentage for the week of 59.21%, which is really, really good, $920.38. So... I will definitely take that. Very pleased with how last week worked out. Again, for my taste, I wish it was a little more consistent day in and day out. But at the end of the week, I'm not going to complain about those numbers. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. News updates. All right, so let's... Let's get into some reselling news. Uh, We're going global this week. We're going to start off in Australia. eBay recently announced that they are going to be bringing sneaker authentication to Australia. This was a program that eBay rolled out here in the U.S. last fall. And eBay has now announced that later this year, it's going to be available also in Australia. The Australian launch of the Authenticity Guarantee Program will will roll out, they say, in two phases. First, Australians will actually be granted access to the U.S. market for sneakers. Second, then eBay and SneakerCon will set up their own authentication... Ooh, that was rough. (laughs) Authentication facility in Australia. And again, to start out, just like it was here... There will be no fees for the authentication for buyers or for sellers. If you are in Australia and interested in signing up for this program, you can send an email to sneakersau at ebay.com to start the process of getting your account set up. So uh, sneakerheads, rejoice. If you're in Australia, you're going to get the same uh, protections and and sellers as well uh, that we enjoy here in the United States. So very, very cool. Uh, Poshmark introduced a new feature debuting listing videos uh, to feature sellers items. Uh, They introduced these listing videos, which will allow sellers to create accompanying videos for their product listings. Uh, With the listing video features, sellers can post a covered image, record or upload a video, and then customize that video to post it with their listing. You can have only one video and they can only be up to 15 seconds long. So this is not like a YouTube video where you really get to showcase your item. It's a it's a 15-second spot. Just pretend it's a short 
advertisement on TV, but a really a really nice feature that they've added. I know eBay has actually talked about adding video to their listings as well. So we'll see how that goes. If you're on Poshmark, let us know. Is this something that you're looking forward to taking advantage of? Is it something that you think will be helpful? Uh, they say the feature will allow customers to get more details about products before purchasing them, such as the fit, drape, and texture. The content will remain on the seller's page as long as the item is available for purchase and will automatically post to a seller's Posh Stories. Uh, the company said video is a massive business priority for Poshmark as it has the ability to seamlessly bring commerce and content together in a very real engaging and palpable way with the company's vision rooted in cultivating rich, meaningful experiences for its community. Poshmark is using video as a new channel to strengthen that engagement and build for the future of social commerce, they say. So again, if you're on Poshmark, uh, do you intend to use this feature? What do you think of it? Do you think it will be helpful? Sticking with Poshmark. This time on the flip side of it, there's an article on Seeking Alpha. And as always, I will link to these in the show notes and the video description below. Poshmark is a waste of time for sellers. And this, I don't sell a lot of clothing. I've talked about this before, but this, and again, you can argue with me <laughs> uh, down in the comments section. The social sharing aspect of Poshmark to me is a big turnoff. It's not something I want to do. This particular article says that uh, it's a waste of time because it's too time consuming. Uh, the summary Poshmark stock for starters has cratered down to earth after a euphoric first day. We'll get into that. Uh, their long-term outlook, he says, is questionable because it charges the highest marketplace fees, which is a comment that I've heard before from Poshmark sellers, and they face extreme competition from all angles. The social selling aspect is a major time hog for sellers, and it makes it not worth the hassle for many sellers. It's a business, and time is valuable. Uh, the stock, we haven't talked about since their IPO. The IPO originally, and we talked about this prior to it coming out, was initially going to be between $35 and $39 a share. By the time they actually did the IPO, it listed at $42 per share. It opened at like $97 bucks and closed on the first day at like $101, $102. So huge, huge, huge first day for Poshmark. It has since been a steady downhill fall for the stock, which has fallen 55.5% and closed at $45.13 on March 17th. So if you got in early, I hope you're in for the long haul, and I hope Poshmark is able to use things like the addition of video to improve their performance. They have since the IPO given weak quarterly guidance as well, so there are some, some bumps in the road coming for Poshmark. They additionally like many of these platforms, are going to be going up against some pretty stout comp numbers year over year as we get later in the year. the You would expect that the second half of this year will not be quite as pandemic-driven as the second half of last year, which may cause some year-over-year -year sales problems for a lot of these platforms. Poshmark has already kind of warned about this. Again, if you sell there, have you noticed any changes in the performance of your items 
relative to how they were doing previously? Is it, is it up? Is it down? How is Poshmark doing for you as an individual? Uh, this is a really lengthy article. He compares Poshmark with Facebook Marketplace, with Mercari, with eBay. And in this writer's opinion, Poshmark comes up short against almost all of those competitors. So let me know what you think about that. Um, Again, the link will be in the show notes below. Go check that out. Forbes has an interesting article quoting an eBay survey that says the average U.S. home has 36 items that they could sell on eBay. Uh, Americans have an average of 36 unwanted items in their homes worth approximately $3,675 that they could turn into cash, according to a new report by eBay. Uh, eBay says many people did, in fact, take advantage of that during the pandemic for a variety of reasons, some to just make extra money, some because they lost their jobs. But the net result was that eBay had a terrific year last year for the full year. They were up 19% in revenue, and their gross merchandise volume was up 17%, closing at over $100 billion, which we had talked about previously. Uh, The report's findings were based on a survey of 4,330 eBay consumer-to-consumer sellers in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., Germany, and France. In the U.S., 72% of eBay consumer-to-consumer sellers surveyed said they began selling previously owned goods this year, which would be last year, 2020, to make extra income. 14% of all sellers surveyed say they started selling because they had lost their jobs due to the pandemic. So if you are new to reselling, new to eBay, let us know in the comments was was the pandemic, was the loss of a job a primary cause for you to get started in this? Or was this something that you'd been thinking about already? Um, big numbers, again, for all of these online sellers that they're going to be comping against later in the year. But if you're thinking about getting into reselling, start looking around the house <laughs> for those 36 unwanted items that might be worth several thousand dollars. Uh, The last thing for this week, there's an article on e-commerce bites. A seller on eBay has sued eBay in federal court for what they call double taxation. A user named Alexander Gifford filed a federal lawsuit against eBay last Wednesday for double taxation. He's seeking relief, writing, quote, return of all funds collected by eBay Inc. on used goods through double taxation. He sets out his argument as such. The argument is that once you have purchased something legally at retail, which would include sales tax, it is then yours to do with what you choose. The imposition of taxes again on that same asset at two different points in time would actually be the definition of double taxation. eBay is collecting taxes on these used assets, which at the time of original point of sale, a tax was already collected, hence the causation of this lawsuit. I don't know what the status of that actually is. I know when I had my record store and I, as a business, bought and sold used CDs, I was required in the state of Ohio to collect sales tax on those sales. I assume that is the same premise that eBay is working under, that these are businesses, not individuals, 
These are businesses that are conducting these transactions. If you buy something at retail and sell it at a garage sale as an individual, you're, I don't believe, and again, I'm not a tax expert, but I don't believe you're required to collect sales tax. If you do it as a business, however, you are. The problem, of course, is that with eBay being the business, the nexus, if you will, if you're a hobby seller, an individual seller, not a business, eBay is collecting the sales tax, quote unquote, on your behalf when it may not really be necessary. I don't begin to know how you would weed that out. (laughs) Uh, If you're eBay and determine, well, this guy, he's doing it to make a living and this person is just using it as a glorified online garage sale. So it's going to be interesting to watch how this lawsuit plays out. I'm not sure what the merits actually are going to be on it. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. If you, if you're into taxes at all, uh, feel free to chime in down below and let us know what your thoughts are on this. Uh, if you could reduce the, the whole internet taxation thing, obviously is messy. Different companies are doing it in different ways. There is no kind of national policy for sales tax, even within eBay. I think they're only at 35 or 38 states, which they currently actively collect sales tax for. So even within their own system, they're not doing it with all states. So this is uh, this will be interesting to watch. So with that, that wraps up the news for this week. Uh, let us know what you thought about any of that. Let us know how your week is going. Um, let us know if you intend to go get your COVID vaccine when you're eligible or if you've already had it. Um, It it continues to be obviously a a big issue in the news and within society. So I don't want to get into a big political debate within the comments, but just let us know. Uh, Are you going to do it or are you not going to do it? And let us know why. With that, I want to thank all of you for stopping by and spending a little time here with me at the Galaxy. And now it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.